music for the podcast. Uh, we don't actually have any theme music, so someone will probably make one up for us. I don't want to name any Rachel. I hope it's Rachel that does that for the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. We're in the tiny room. Back in the tiny room. As usual, I am Michael or Mick. And I'm here with my not unattractive co-host Benjamin or Ben. That's me. So, uh, Ben, what are we doing? What are we talking about in the tiny room? So, have you heard the news? What's the news? Well, we've touched on it before, Michael. It's not actually new news. Um, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> my brain's not working. You've gone all cross-eyed. What's wrong? <laughs> my brain's not working. I, I have no going. idea why. Uh, Westworld season two is coming out. Oh. Um, oh. Hold on. Let me do a surprise. Oh. 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 I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, we both knew that because we touched on it already. Mm-hmm. And we said that they butchered the uh, teaser trailer for it, which oh. they actually did. Um, but, yes, it got me thinking, Michael. What did it get you thinking? Because I, I, love, I love an L think. You yeah. love a think. Love an L think. What did it just get you me, thinking? Just me, some lotion and some tissues. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that? Just just writing down notes on tissues and, and uh, using the lotion to make sure my hands don't get too chapped. Hold the pen. Jap, chap. Oh, chapped pen. That's where we're going with this episode. <laughs> is this the no, uh, what I actually started thinking about was um, westerns. Westerns, Michael, because I'm sure you know this about me, but I'm a huge western fan. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> actually, yeah. you're not. Um, I'm a closeted western fan. I've never seen you with um, Stetson. No, I've never worn a Stetson. I've never seen you with a stirrup. I do have several cattle and steers in my back garden, though. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You've been. I have been. There are no animals in your garden. There are, there's several, they hide behind the chrysanthemums. <laughs> you know, I was scratching in my brain there, I was like, what is the most obscure flower I could possibly have in my back garden? Uh, a, a sedum. A, a sedum. Yeah. No, that's that's where I keep the pigs. They're behind the sedums. Yeah, that sounds about right. Cows for chrysanthemums, pigs for sedums. Swine. Swine for sweetums. Ah, oh, god damn it. Oh, he's just better than me. I'm just sharp. Uh, so, uh, it got me thinking about westerns, and I don't know if you've noticed, Michael, there's a fucking truck one. Of westerns out at the moment. There's a lot of uh, western homages. They're, of, they're back. Well, they're they're back big time. Mm. And uh, well, I've developed a theory, Michael, but I'd, I'd like to hear why you think that might be first. Why are westerns back? Well, how do you feel about westerns first? Uh, normal, normal westerns or weird westerns? I think they're all weird westerns now, aren't they? We don't really do normal westerns anymore. Well, we had True Grit. That was the Coen Brothers, though. I mean, I'm not sure that. Yeah, but it was testing the waters for this whole thing. We had we had Magnificent Seven. We did. It was pretty straightforward. A lot of genre actors in it. A lot of genre actors in that one. So yeah. that was a real test of the waters. I think that was Hollywood's like litmus test for this. Mm. One. It was like, okay, we got Chris Pratt, we yeah. got Denzel, we've got. We've Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, who looks suspicious like someone we know. He does. Uh, <laughs> and they were like. That's an all-star cast. Let's let's push that boat and see how far it gets. Let's do a, a western, you varmints. Didn't get far. No, did it? In, in its defense, did did not how do did that do? well. Didn't do that well. What were its numbers? I, I don't know what the numbers were. Didn't get the stats, but I remember it distinctly. I don't think it. I think like all blockbusters starring Chris Pratt and things like that. Like it did well, money wise. Mm. Like it made its money back. Did it? But I don't Are think it was to say that. I, I'm not confident to say it, so we won't be having retractions. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't think it, I don't think it was very good. No, I remember watching yeah. it and being like, because eh. I love the Magnificent Seven. It was just a film. It was just a film. That's exactly what it was. But mm-hmm. weird westerns are all the rage. Hold on, was No Country for Old Men a western? It's definitely western, like it's derived from westerns. Western themed, if yeah. not western setting. Western noir. We we can, oh. we can chalk that up. To. And what about that other one? There will be blood. Was there that will a western? Be blood. That's not a well. It is, but it's not a traditional cowboy western. Mm. It's a it's a frontier western. It's a gritty. Yeah, it's a gritty thing. Imagine. We also had Slow West. I don't know if you saw Slow West. Never heard of it. Michael Fassbender, Scottish director. Very nice film about a young man from Scotland who follows his uh, deported love of his life over to the the west. Go on, over to the west. Go on, and he Fassbender. Meets, there he meets a. No, it's not him. He's a cowboy. Oh. in the west. But this is a young Scottish nobleman He's who follows a his cowboy, isn't he? Who follows his Fashti is a cowboy. Those fucking cowboy actors. Those cowboy actors. None as fine as Fashti. Um, and he follows him over. It's a great film. I, I thoroughly recommend it. Good western. Very very low key, but very. What's good. it called? Uh, Slow West. I might watch that. Um, 
Yeah, I'm like, I recognise over that. It's very, uh, very artsy but very good. So come here then. Come here then. Are we? What's your theory? So I think the reason. Well, first of all, to give more examples of of modern westerns, uh-huh. I think they're not directly westerns. A lot of the time, what they are are often homages to or homages whichever one you prefer to homage homage they're homages mm-hmm. uh, to um, westerns to the original westerns Yul Brynner uh, John Wayne all that kind of thing um, and I think really what they are now uh, so we have things like Preacher now yeah, uh, which is heavily Preacher TV show or Preacher really? comic book well we can look at Preacher comic book in the 90s 1993 1993 very early 90s Pulp fiction style comic book writing, mm-hmm. not pulp fiction the movie, pulp fiction the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, Ultra violent. Garth. 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 Famously not from Bray. Famously not from Bray. In fact, well renowned. <laughs> Is renowned? You don't need well before renowned. Yeah. Um, but world renowned, non Brayite. <laughs> Uh, Garth Ennis Uh, there's an Irish fella in there with conflicting identity issues Cassidy wonderful man Um, but I think it's more interesting that it's been made now and that it's quite successful now I think that's even more telling I suppose if you think about it like 1993 to 2016 is a long 23 years 23 years in the making that's a long time Um, yeah it's a long stint and it's been remade now like there's there's well I have a working theory on this Westworld is back Mm-hmm. Very Western, very popular. We had Deadwood. I guess that would have been that was a Western, an early, an early adopter of the new Western. Yeah. Uh, what, what even though that was very traditional. What did Lovejoy say in that motherfucker? Yeah, did he call he everyone motherfucker? Motherfucker, <laughs> but he said it in a really weird way. Um, and then um, we also have Hand of God, the Ron Perlman preacher who's touched by God thing it's on Amazon it's quite popular on Amazon Prime never Um, heard of it yeah that's out as well does Ron Um, Perlman have a magic hand again I think he's given some kind of God like judging power on his hand in his hand so he's the right hand of God I think so I think that was what was he last time the left hand of the apocalypse yeah so he just swapping hands he's going around that's been remade Hellboy's been remade oh no Uh, they've cast Ian McShane as Hellboy no as no I wish that would be (laughs) that would be awesome I would love that Uh, no he's going to be he's going to be uh, the doctor. Oh, the doctor, 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 him. something or other. I can't remember his name. No, neither can I. There's a hellboy here. Somewhere. There's a hellboy here somewhere. Doctor. Um, but then also, like in in much looser basis, uh, you have things like uh, American Gods, which a, is which is a western of sorts. Uh, is it's it? Across, it's across the plains of America. It's the the big, broad, open. So apparently, I learned something studying for this podcast. Good. Apparently, a western means west of the Mississippi. That's the kind of limit mm. for the, the Western. I did not know that. Yeah, that was news to me. That's news to me as yeah. well. Didn't know that at all. No. Thank you. Yeah. It's quite useful. Mm. I like how our roles are reversed for this. Yeah, I'm teaching you That's stuff. That's good, you're teaching me stuff. Um, do you think that this is a cycle? Because Western comics were very uh, popular. Yeah, well, okay, Westerns are generally a cycle, but I think in a, in a much broader sense, going mm-hmm. into tropes and themes and shit, because oh, I'm no. into that kind of thing. Leitmotifs. I think... Without getting too political or anything like that, Uh-oh. I think America's at a bit of a junction, a crossroads, a crossroads, if you will, to stick uh, with um, our Western uh, theme, a uh, uh, fork in the road. Uh. And I think what it is is I think America's trying to make sense of what it is, mm-hmm. and I think Westerns, in their purest form or in their best form, are kind of the myth of what America should be. You understand? Like it's good people. Triumphing over the bad, it's hard work and toil, building something better, it's community, it's this, it's that. In traditional westerns, it's very much the the original westerns. Now, I don't mean modern, like gritty westerns. I mean John Wayne rides into town, saves the whole place. The Lone Ranger, and it's a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. Hi ho, Tonto, in a way. Gonna stop you there. <laughs> gonna stop you there. Hi ho, Silver. Tonto's is his Indian friend. <laughs> He doesn't. <laughs> I've made a grave error. <laughs> it's high ho silver. Yes, it Away, is. I'm sorry. Um, oh, I really enjoyed that. It's <laughs> such a strange image of Johnny Depp being yeah. written by Army. That would have been great, wouldn't it? That would have made the modern <laughs> reimagining. It so much 
much better. Much better. He definitely, Johnny Depp definitely would have gotten into trouble for appropriating horse culture. Though. Yeah, and he probably would have worn a funny headpiece as a horse. Oh yeah, there was the, the Lone Ranger we remake about the as Lone well. Ranger. We forgot, well, for good reason. Um, that kind of sold us that it was going to be a weird western, but then it wasn't. It wasn't at all. No, it was. It, just, was, it was very black and white. Mm-hmm. Not just Johnny Depp, um, who wears black and white makeup oh, throughout yeah. the throughout the movie. Um, no, but a lot of these things are driven by discovery. For example, Preacher is all about finding God. Right, in, but your theory here about America finding itself, yeah. is that not kind of counteracted by the fact that Preacher is written by an Irishman? Okay, well, I can have a counter argument to that. I guess, Mm -hmm. well, no, I think Irish part, no, no, not in a bad sense. I think Irish people generally have a a large myth of America in their head, probably more so than Americans themselves. Like, America's the, that that big old place across the pond there. That America. Like, that that place that we can go and make something of ourselves. She's gone off to that America. She's gone off. She's going to have a fine life over there. She'll find some lovely, lovely young flip. Like, um. Settle down. What's her name? Like, from the show we watched. Ellie Ellie yeah Essie McGowan (laughs) Essie McGowan (laughs) Essie McGowan Ooh that's America But and I think for people like Gareth Ennis I think uh, that bridge was kind of gapped coming towards the 90s like that myth of America that big grand ideal started to close because a lot more people went to America and the America that we believed in as a tiny little island Mm mm-hmm wasn't there mm, so I think it was turns out because he went over and started to write for the big two Marvel and DC and Vertigo and, and things like that mm-hmm. he moved from 2008 so he, this would have been his experience in America and everything he believed about America isn't there you know what I mean and let's not forget that that was heavily inspired by Bill Hicks who was a massive political satirist at the time and it was a time when police brutality was at a very very uh, very very prevalent in the media it was a time when like was now that, was that post Bill Clinton no, and Monica around Lewinsky no that was later it was Lewinsky was later later yeah mm. Lewinsky was 2000s wasn't it or no, yeah, it was 99 it was, up around, it was up around there but this was Iraq war round one wasn't it as well so kind of like now yeah, so very similar to now mm-hmm. which is maybe why this is all back mm-hmm. now it is cyclical but I think it's triggered by something you understand? So, that's what I think about Preacher. That's why I think it's so prevalent now. Westworld, a little less. But I think the message of Westworld is quite clear in that a lot of people go to Westworld for a purer form of life. It's oh, simpler. you mean in the show? It's simpler. In the show, sorry. That's not yeah, why, not, that's not no, why, we not watch why people watch it. People right. watch it because it's HBO and there's tits and there's death and tits and death and sometimes tits and death tits in one <laughs> scene it's all, all together yeah. someone beats someone to death with their tits, tits. Um, sorry <laughs> I don't know HBO HBO tits and death yeah uh, if you want to send me commission for your new marketing campaign it's Ben Colopy at 11 no I'm not giving you my address um, so um, yeah and I think that's again like the message of that is they go back to that town because their modern life is very complicated and it's much purer and I think in many ways that mirrors what westerns actually do now but that's a very highfalutin term that's very highfalutin it's very highfalutin it's very grand I've just been thinking about it a that's lot highfalutin, that's highfalutin which is good because that's it. let's talk about some shit westerns then yeah because that's that's well you are my foil <laughs> Michael um, foil well look at John Hex let's look at John Hex did you see John Hex did you I, read John Hex I, I saw, I've read John Hex several times but I, I saw that movie Josh Brolin pre Josh Brolin. pre Thanos Cable yeah Thanos he's, he's just taking every bite from the apple isn't he he's no. just working I love as well that he's unabashedly like no I'm Cable too yeah and it's just like and people are outraged I love it people are like how can he play two and it's like they're two different franchises he's just he doesn't give a fuck he's not leaving any apple for anyone else <laughs> I think he's one of the few people as well who's just been like no I'm not to choose one yeah. <laughs> no, I don't care yeah and he really doesn't I think he's just kind of like Yep, I'm going to make the money. But John I Hex, was in the Goonies. He was in the Goonies. And John Hex, which is terrible. Which is terrible. Megan Fox. Michael Fassbender was in it as well. Yeah, and Megan Fox. And just real bad. Megan, is it Megan Fox or Olivia Wilde? It's Megan Fox. Megan Olivia Fox. Wilde is in Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, God. Which is also Which is really also <laughs> Irish woman in space, Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. She's half Irish, isn't she? She's. I don't think she's Irish. 
She's no, she went to the Gaiety School of Acting. Her parents are Irish. She's, yeah. I think she's related to Oscar Wilde in some way. That Probably. could be. That's a possible retraction. No, I think you're right. But I think she is actually descended of, or, of Wildean or, descent. Or she took her stage name because she liked Oscar Wilde. Does that oh. ring any bells? I think it might be that. It could be either. Look, anyway, she studied at the Gaiety School of Acting here in Dublin. Yeah, although not a great ad for the Gaiety School of Acting, Cowboys and Aliens. Because it's shite. So why don't Cowboys and Aliens, John Hex, Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider, No, I Don't Want Nada, None of This, Six Gun and This, Brother Run and This, Buffalo Soldier, Look, It's Like I Told You, Any Damsel That's In Distress, Be Out of That Dress When She Meets Jim West, Roughneck. I forget the rest. Is that the, <laughs> is that the West, the Wild Wild West? Wicked, wicked, wild, wild West. <laughs> um, well, I think, I think. Okay, so there's a there's a fine gradient, and we do love scales here with the Michael Benjamin's podcast. Um, so I think there's a true line of westerns. We're uh, going straight to the Wild Wild West. We're going straight to the Wild Wild West. <laughs> And as usual, we need a very mediocre movie to use as our scale. Right. And I think actually a perfect one was the one we mentioned earlier, which is the Magnificent Seven remake mm. with Denzel. So Denzel's Magnificent Seven is what we're going to call it. Um, or the Washington Seven. <laughs> Who was it? The, was Denzel the lead of that? He was. He's Yul Brynner's character. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a lot of Chris Pratt in the marketing. A lot of Chris. Well, he what? He is hot topic number one. Mm. He's is, he is Star Lord and Jurassic Park and Parks and Recreation. He does a lot of park themed stuff. Yeah, <laughs> now that you mention it, <laughs> magnificent uh, park. So I'm going to use that as our, our mediocre meter. Okay. And I think they fall on two sides. Um, what uh, the Magnificent Seven remake is is a very true to form western. Mm-hmm. But there's no pizzazz. So what it is is the old format of Western movies. Bunch of guys don't get on. All kind of loners, rough riders, but old school masculine rough skills. Riders, desperados. Yeah, desperados. No, you don't want another. <laughs> None no. of this. Six gun in this. And I think what happens is, brother, running this. They try. It's too traditional. Mm. So it flops in today's market. Where I think we do well with stuff like that is where you have that true line classic Western, but you tweak it enough with interesting things. For example, they're all robots. Mm. But they're very Western at the same time. It never really stretches far. Or a giant mechanical spider. You see, then on the other side, we have pure anachronism, where we have things that just don't belong in that genre. We have very little attention to traditional Western tropes. And we're just like, we're going to make everything look like it was in the West, but we're also going to throw in a bunch of steampunk shite. <laughs> and hope that works. Tell us what you think about steampunk then. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I love giant mechanical spiders. Do you know that's because the guy, the producer, John had a giant Peters. mechanical spider fetish. He yeah. tried to put it in Superman 2 with Nicolas Cage. He's pure. He's got a pure heart on for mechanical spiders. He's a weird guy, that guy. Um, John Peters? John Phillips? I don't know, but we'll we'll stick it in the comment. Oh, we'll stick it in the, the description. Um... And I think what happens there is you they, they take those movies and they twist them out of proportion. They fail to pay attention to classic tropes and it takes them too far and then they flop for being ridiculously silly. Um, did Wild Wild West flop? It did, didn't it? it? I think it, again, recouped its... It might not have. Money. Because didn't Will Smith famously turn down The Matrix to do that? Oh, he did. Although that was probably because The Matrix wouldn't let him do a rap. We, he does like to theme his own movies. Because we're stuck in computer world. How are we going to get out from computer and then world? We'd have like My name is John Anderson and I'm going to be in the computer world. Then I know that the Matrix is all the coming around. Because so, then, he'd have his, well, then he'd have his one moment where he talks and he's like, because you know, I'm going to get out of this computer. <laughs> and then he puts some shades on or something like that. And that'd be... Uh, and then he'd walk away being like and you can bet on that and he'd just like he'd have some stroll off yeah yes. I'd be ah, uh, for the best I now really want to hear Will Smith's Matrix song yeah he would do an amazing Matrix song look Will if you're not doing much if you've had enough of Jaden in the house and you want to take a break <laughs> pop down to the studio and what's her name uh, she's what's his daughter's name oh Willow Willow West which is a very which is a very 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 narcissistic way to name your daughter Willow 
Well, Jaden is named after J- Jada. Or yeah. J- Jada? Oh, think it's it is! And you know what the worst part about the Smith family? And that's like, like this if, is a complete tangent. That's like if you had a child and you called her Benjina. <laughs> oh, God. That's ridiculous. I make a solemn vow on the podcast right now that should I ever have a daughter, she will not inherit the name Benjina. Benjina Colopy. <laughs> That would be amazing. That's exactly what it is. Do you know what the tragedy of the Smith family is? He actually has another son that gets no look in. Oh, really? Yeah. Who's that now? He had a son from a previous marriage. Oh. Who lived with him and Jada, 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 Jada Spinkett Smith, Jada Spinkett, I don't know. Jada Spinkett Pitt. It just sounds awful. Oh, no, Benjina. Is your Tyler clogged? Spinkett Pitt has you covered. Um, but um, yeah so he lives with him and he gets no looking there's a forgotten Smith child oh, that's terrible and he wasn't named after either of his parents that's awful there was no gender swap can, can he do a rap naming. no he can't he can't even do he a rap he doesn't even get photographs at premieres he's there in the corner um, so anyway as I was saying we've got the mediocre meter um, and I think they find it really hard to uh, correctly adopt western stories and give them enough twist to make them better but mm-hmm. luckily comics don't have that problem mm-hmm. in my opinion um, that's your opinion it's my it is my opinion literally uh, and mine alone um, and I actually wanted to take a look at some of the comic book adaptations of westerns because it's still quite popular there for example uh, Six Gun Gorilla um, never heard of it East of West never heard of it by Jonathan Hickman I have heard of it. Post you know how I feel about Hickman. Yeah, you know, I know. It's too grand. He's too big. He thinks too big. And yeah. um, we've got that other one where it's like a western on other planets. Um, saga. Saga. Well, Saga is a western of a sort. Mm, yeah, that's not the one that I meant. About it. Um, there are some severe western elements yeah. of it. Um, and then I can't remember what the other one is. Um, Out Planet or Out Outlander. Out, it could be Outlander. Is that what it is? I don't know. I've just made that up. Anyway. Um, anyway. The one that I really, really like from mm-hmm. Image Comics is Pretty Deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who's read Pretty Deadly either loves it or hates it. It's quite polarizing as a thing. Is it? Um, I think majority of people love it. But right. I, I don't think there's a middle ground. I don't think you can be like, eh. I like it. Kelly Sue DeConnick is amazing. She kind of does really interesting things with comics in general. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think she's read Preacher? I don't... She has definitely read... I think she's read The Saint of Killers. I think she's definitely heavily influenced by that big, grand mythology Mm -hmm. element of Westerns. But that's quite part of... Like, Garth Ennis was quite influenced by all of that as well like the like his obsession with the Alamo mm-hmm. which is something we don't know about like we don't learn about the Alamo what's an Alamo <laughs> no I know what it is yeah it sorry it's the last stand of the southern forces or of the confederacy in the, the American Civil War was the Alamo remember the Alamo I thought it was the Mexicans no that's the Mexicans god damn it it's so hard to keep up with <laughs> see this is the thing it's just so but god it really is men misremembering things men misremembering um, things it's, it's also leaning heavily towards Ben misremembering things um, um, hold on though do you think she has read Sandman yes also for sure no there are there are like serious 90s influences in that comic but I also think she does her own original take on a lot of the stuff it's very 90s like death could be directly paralleled to Morpheus in his kind of miserable man in the high castle kind of not the show the trope of uh-huh. the lone the lonely god he looks a lot like Kanchu as well he does look a lot like Kanchu but I think she came first so I think oh, Kanchu really? looks a lot like uh, her version of death oh uh. who stole uh. who Jeff Lemire Jeff Lemire you saucy minx possible um, stealer possible thief um, but it's an amazing story and as you said it's very similar to Sam I actually hadn't thought of it that way but the second you, you said it, about it the second you said it it just kind of went get out of here yeah click when I read it perfectly legally in a comic book that I bought I thought I had accidentally no I did I thought I had accidentally bought Sandman, Sandman. it is it does that grand uh, 
reality bleeds into myth, myth yeah. bleeds into reality, yeah. game and classic kind of stuff. Very where, similar framing devices as well. Yeah, where having gods the, walk the earth and but even having the rabbit and the bunny rabbit and the storytellers story yeah, telling the story. Oh my god, I just it's just it's, it's just super Sandman. Western Sandman. It's if Sandman met preacher. That's exactly what it is. Mm. Oh my! Wow. Mm. I don't love it any less, but wow. No, it's still good. I never thought of it that way. It's if Sandman met Preacher. So, hold on, I should explain this. Yeah, I have on, I have only read this because Ben told me, hey, Mick, we're, we're talking about Wild Wild West. So, first of all, I tried to learn the rap from Wild Wild West. And then I said, no, wait a minute. You that's did probably, remarkably well, given no, the level of motivation. No, I know more, but it, it's just, it's gone from my head. Roughneck. So, you better go check the law. No, so you better check about the law. You've got podcast watch, nerves, watch, pal. Watch your step, or else you're gonna watch your step or flex. Get a hole in your side. <laughs> step on my side. Just keep balling, and yeah, that no, that's Kanye. Doesn't Kanye. matter. That's <laughs> Kanye. <laughs> no, um, so I read it. I read it because you said, "Hey, Mick, read this." And why am I telling this story? I don't know. I so I read it, it's and story. I said, "It's it's 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 like um, it's like it's like if preacher was retold us by Sandman." That's exactly what it is. That's a perfect With analogy. A little bit of anime. Yeah, there's no the the art style is heavily influenced. I I'm not even I don't know if I mean if I mean art style. I think it's I mean traditional the character Japanese art. design. Yeah, it's but it's very like traditional. It's like do you ever read the Dream Hunter standalone from the Sandman series? What happens in that? Uh, Sandman is in Japan, or no, sorry, Morpheus is in Japan, mm-hmm. um, and it's all about. Uh, a woman being hunted by demons and he helps her I think so he chooses to help her but it's done it's drawn in that yes. very traditional Japanese calligraphy kind of stuff yeah I remember um, that it's quite unusual mm. as a piece um, and representative of Neil Gaiman's work in the early 2000s where it was mm. just everything was Sandman extensions it's like I know I <laughs> I know I killed that character but he was around for a long time so I'm going to tell those stories because yeah. <laughs> nobody liked Daniel nobody adopted Daniel as the new <laughs> shit everyone was just like why did you replace that people person? hate when you replace one concept oh, oh. spoilers <laughs> let's leave that alone Let's not go near mm. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, a... moving on from there. Uh, it is a story uh, based around some very, very simple characters. There mm-hmm. is Fox. Uh, there is Ginny. Deathface Ginny is her name. Um, there is Johnny Coyote. There is Big Alice. There is Sissy, who is the most important character. And there is Death. Um, Who's Sissy? Sissy's the little girl. Is that her name? Her name is Sissy. The Vulture Girl. The Vulture Girl. Vulture Girl. So, uh, what you need to know about this is, as I've mentioned Death about seven times, mm-hmm. what this six-issue, or five-issue, six, um, five or six-issue masterpiece uh, is about... Oh, it's a masterpiece. Um, it is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is about is death, and the understanding that death is inevitable, and that all things change. Death is a sexy goth girl, though. Uh, not in this because this is Image Comics and not DC Universe Boo. so uh, sexy sexy death is very much not present here death is actually a rat headed uh, or bird headed god I thought it was a bird it's a bird because it's got like the teeth and I just mm. I got confused it's a uh, bird skulled conchuesque yeah. uh, reaper and he's mm-hmm. the, the king of, of Grim Reapers mm-hmm. is what he is and it's a very sprawling uh, tale about I don't think it's sprawling I think it's quite compact uh, but in its scope okay fair enough it is quite compact in the run mm-hmm. but it's it's quite well it's not even yeah no you're right you're right sprawling sounds it's like quite it, small uh, yeah. yeah it's quite it's quite it's, it's a it's, it's a, a tight stra- six it's a t- <laughs> <laughs> it's a strangely intimate tale it is for something which is but, but it's about the end of the world yeah but for something which is about the end of the world it's strangely intimate it is very intimate that's a nice way of putting it yeah I know you're very poetic when you want to be I know I'm weird because yeah, my stick. I'm so disappointed that I can't remember the ending lines of the Wild Wild West rap so now so I've, now you're very I've leaned back on pathos. yeah I've, felt, I've leaned Remorse. back on my my inner Ben oh, nice. <laughs> That's where everyone, you know, that's not the first time I've heard that my sad place is you. <laughs> um, that's not the first time, won't be the last. Um, so it is all about uh, basically death in this particular story uh, runs in cycles, much mm-hmm. like westerns. Uh, and to every, I think, is it every century? 
I don't think they say. Is it, they don't give a direct thing, but there there are basically two main things in the balance of the universe. There's death and there's the ascendant. Mm-hmm. And the ascendant is a replacement for the king of death. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's how it works. However, one king of death is not accepting the cycle. And so nature is out of balance. Because he's a real dickhead. And things are starting to twist. Because he's a real putz. Um, and things are out of balance. And it's all about how the world is slightly twisted as a result of his strange thing. But fundamentally, it's also a love story, which is the tact I will be taking in Pretty Deadly, the movie pitch. Oh, it's a uh, movie now. Which I'm doing today. I was going to do a tight eight. <laughs> Stop perfect. Tight a perfect. Numbers. A perfect tight eight. Mm-hmm. series adaptation but there's as you said it's quite compact and intimate mm-hmm. I don't think it would suit a series in the way that many people think the comic book should be done now mm-hmm. I think this is better suited to a film it's a film it's a movie um, and it's original enough to be quite an interesting film but it'll never get made because it's too original no it might it's not that original it's Sandman that's quite original anyway to start with because we love an L Dreamcast uh, here at the Michael and every time you podcast. say Dreamcast I think of the semi-failed 1990s Sega games console semi-failed yet iconic is it? isn't it? it was kind of my last games console it's when I lost touch with console games I gave up on games very young I got Playstation 1 didn't care for it hmm. Hmm. What, are we, what are we talking about? our lost youth <laughs> um, so to start very very simply because Sissy is the, the most important character now she's very very young in the comic very young too young for me to cast because I'm not that aware of child actors yeah which is in good. some ways very reassuring yes that's good um, uh, so I've, I've cast a little bit older and I have cast Zendaya mm. um, as uh, Sissy Sissy is the ascendant uh, spoilers um, yeah, major spoilers. Sorry, major spoilers there, guys. Sorry. Sorry, major, major um, spoilers for this whole thing. Yeah, because it's a pitch. Yeah. Um, Sissy is the ascendant, mm-hmm. um, and she will replace death. Um, and as a result, the current king of death despises her mm-hmm. and is hunting for her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to do this, he dispatches uh, a number of people um, to hunt her down. Right. But um, she's uh, looked after by other people. So uh, hold on. Zendaya's quite old. She's quite old. She's 22, I think. So you get away with 16. She she does, because she looks quite young. She plays, uh, for those of you who don't know who Zendaya, Zendaya, Zendaya is, she's... Um, are we allowed to give spoilers for yeah. that film? It's, yeah. It's very, she's, well, she's in it. She's Mary Jane. No, she's not. She's Michelle Jones. But everyone calls her MJ. So yeah, but that's Michelle not Mary Jones. Jane. It's not Mary Jane, but I think it's going to be... I think that's what we're working on. Anyway, she's the new love interest after the vulture's daughter got put away in the... In oh, no, that's a Spider-Man. spoiler. <laughs> okay, I'll take that out. That's... Sorry. Oh, no. Sorry. no. Leave it in. Leave it I'll in. Let it out here. Where are we, where no, are we no, it's fine. No, leave it in. Leave People, it in. Leave it in. Fuck it. We'll spoil everything. We'll we're do, spoiling everything we'll now. We'll do it recorded. Bruce um, Willis was a ghost. So... <laughs> I think we're safe on that one. So, uh, it's going to be Zendaya. She's here in a, a slideshow. Um, it is a little risky, but I think mm. you need someone who can actually act to pull this off because mm. it gets very confusing and loose for her. And someone a bit sexy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you need to draw the younger people in. Could um, we do... Uh, you know who I would choose for a Please tell. It would be Christina Milian. You do love Christina Milian. Well, only physically. Only physically. She's very old for the part. <laughs> it's kind of dangerously close to a fuck you there. <laughs> I think she's younger than me. <laughs> I will fist you, Benjamin. Oh, that's our secret podcast. <laughs> um, so moving on from there. She is looked after by Fox. Oh, Fox. Movie's favourite um, dad. And Fox is... Well, he plays a very important role. I'm not going to give away the spoilers for this one. Um, Fox is basically her guardian in this particular mm. um, story. He's very attached to her. He's very protective of her. He's blind. Uh, he's very grizzled and uh, much older than mm. she is. And I have chosen uh, everyone's favourite action dad. Action uh, dad. Liam Neeson. Uh, to play him. Why did you do a Stan Lee voice? Uh, no, that wasn't quite Stan Lee. It was a touch <laughs> of Stan Lee. Um, so, uh, He's going to look for her. Fox has a very particular set of skills. He does. Um, 
and if you hurt Sissy, mm-hmm. he will find you mm-hmm. and he will kill you. Yeah. Uh, he's blind, but he can see things, but only things he's not meant. To, he can't see the things he's not meant to see. Ah, like uh, Washington. So he can only see the things he's meant to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of supernatural uh, because he was blinded. But we can't get into that because those are major spoilers mm. for the story. Um, so I've chosen uh, everyone's favorite dad. Happy with that action dad, Liam Neeson. I thought yeah, that was a good fine. choice. Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, moving on from there. Deathface mm. Ginny is the daughter of death and the Reaper of Vengeance. Mm. Um, it's never directly mentioned that she's the Reaper of Vengeance in this, but the second volume gets much more into the mythology of the So Reapers. she's Ghost Rider. Uh, she is similar to that. She's very similar to that. Uh, she's the Reaper of Vengeance and the most powerful of the Reapers. Um, and she's quite hard to cast. <laughs> mm. I was looking for a kind of badass woman to do that. And I can't settle on... Now, I'm going to mispronounce this. Yeah. I don't know if that's Numi, really is that Numi, Numi Rapace Rapace I don't know if is that's it Rapace or Numi Rapace Numi Rapace I don't know anyway it's Numi Rapace um, because I think she's quite striking and I think Death Face Jenny is quite striking she was in my brother's favourite film Prometheus um, ah she is in Prometheus it's my brother's favourite film sorry uh, yeah your brother's favourite film um, <laughs> which we will definitely have to do a podcast on at some yeah, point we're going to get him um, she is actually hunting down uh, Fox she's mm. not hunting um She's not hunting Sissy at all. But do we know that? Um, well, we, you find that out quite early, mm-hmm. who she's after. Now, it is very important to note that Deathface Ginny is actually the subject of a song. And the song that it tells is a very sad, kind of tragic love story about a man who loved his wife so much and coveted her so much that he locked her in a tower mm-hmm. and made her miserable. So she killed herself. <sighs> and of that... Um, her daughter was born and Deathface Ginny was born because the woman in the tower died uh-huh. uh, and made a deal with death or fell in love with death I'm not I think sure death the just only, gave it to her yeah um, yeah death basically was the only one who could reach her in the tower mm. and so they fell in love mm-hmm. or he coveted her also very covetous woman covetable 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 woman very covetable woman um, and of that union Mm-hmm. was born Deathface Ginny and mm-hmm. she is the writer of or she no, no she's not an actual ghost writer she is the reaper she's of she's the ghost writer um, yeah. and apparently if you've been wronged you mm-hmm. say her name on the wind yeah. and Deathface Ginny will appear Beetlejuice yeah very like Beetlejuice or Bloody Mary or um, or Candyman Candyman mm. or many American tropes yeah um, who else can you call by saying their name Ghostbusters <laughs> um, Jim West Jim <laughs> Jim West oh, Desperado from... Rough Rider <laughs> Who are you going to call Not the GBs Who are you going to call Oh my god G-W-N-A-G. I just realised That it's a pun The title of the film Is Wild Wild West yeah, As in Wild Wild Jim Will West Smith. Wiki Wiki West oh, Jim West Desperado It's the first line of the song Oh no I hate this Okay, anyway, that's a good cast. Anyway, yeah, so she was my choice for that one. Mm -hmm. She is hunting uh, Fox for reasons unknown. Uh, Moving on from there, uh, another very important character is is Big Alice. And Big Alice is another Reaper uh, and Death's right-hand woman. Um, And the one I have chosen to play her is Claudia Black from Stargate. You've made an error there. It should be Gwendolyn Christie. Who's Gwendolyn Christie? She's from Game of Thrones. She's about 6'6". Six, six. She has blonde hair. I've made a serious error there. That's a terrible Gwendolyn error. Gwendolyn Christie would have been much better. She's eye candy, though. She's about 50. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If we no. have any older, Sorry, attractive apparently, listeners. Apparently ageism is part of the, uh, the podcast now. Yeah, also, she's very short. She's yeah, only so about five three. Perhaps we do need it's Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. So I did choose Claudia Black, but I think we've had a There's recast. Black there. We've had a recast. Um, and Big Alice is hates Ginny first of all mm-hmm. because uh, Ginny is Death's favorite because it's his daughter, mm-hmm. um, and she feels that she is more deserving of that title. And she is actually hunting Sissy on behalf of, um, on behalf of, the King of Death. So Big Alice is definitely the most anime-ish character in this. Oh, she's ridiculous. She looks like a, a Japanese person designed a Western character. 
It works very well though. I quite like uh, I, I, that's not a that's not a criticism. It's not a criticism. I like Big Alice. And Big Alice is great out characters. So that's my cast for that one. Moving on from there, we have two very important characters that represent a huge part of American mythology. Americania. Uh, no, it's not Americana. This is Native American mythology. Oh. This is primal like mm. grassroots mythology uh, for America. There are two characters in Native American mythology. They are Coyote and Raven, and mm-hmm. they are the trickster gods of Native American They're the mythology. Lokis. They're the Lokis of Native American mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, and these two characters feature quite heavily as a duo that are interchangeable. Uh, for some reason, they're Irish. Are they? Uh, yeah, Molly and Johnny. Oh, uh, I didn't pick and up And they're on that. ginger, and they're both Irish. Um, I don't know whether that's an immigrant thing. I don't know whether that's saying that all Irish people are sneaky. Are they? In which case, <laughs> we're going to have to pick you up on that. That's an Irishman's frontier. Where's my wallet? Uh, special... <laughs> I lifted it about 10 minutes ago. It was Benjamin. Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> you just say Benjamin. Don't say Benjamin. That's I'm not saying that again. But uh, Johnny is Johnny Coyote mm-hmm. and Raven, uh, Molly is Molly Raven. Uh, and they can change from human to animal form. Um, and they have quite a tense relationship at the start of this narrative. They are estranged in their relationship because the world is coming to an end. Nature is out of balance. Johnny has given up on being the wandering god. I don't remember Molly. Um, and Molly is still observing her duty. It is Johnny's god to deliver sissy... Uh, kind of her call to adventure I guess if you mm-hmm. want which triggers her rise or her becoming the ascendant to mm-hmm. begin the cycle again and he has abandoned that duty and he is not looking after her. he's supposed to guard her to make sure that she reaches uh, the ascendant position by the way the reason that she is paired with Fox or the reason that she is brought into the world and allowed to roam around is that she is, that she, is so that she can learn to Living see in. life oh. uh, or feel the pain and toil of life oh. so she's a fairer death oh. you understand like there's a whole clever. reason like I really like this story it's very clever but anyway the people I've chosen for this uh, for Johnny Coyote because he's kind of comedic relief mm-hmm. he tends to be quite funny I've chosen the Farrell ah. it's Colin Farrell I'm um, a coyote yeah I'm a, I'm a coyote I'm uh, uh, but then again it could just be some right old villain he, um, he gets all the sex scenes he does so he'll be writing he'll be watching Colin Farrell's arse going up and down um, People like I that. did toy with Fashti but Fashti's very intense Michael Fassbender is very intense although in that photo you've chosen of Farrell it does look like he's about to start a fight it does but that's kind of his character a little bit I was thinking Colin Farrell in Bruges oh. Colin Farrell as the characterisation for Johnny Coyote uh, was what I was thinking give us one of those gay beers uh, yeah give us one of those gay beers who'd fight who, who'd win a fight <laughs> you were a midget um, <laughs> I'm not going up there are you what excuse oh, me sir you're not Americans. going up there I uh, know you never get up those stairs <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean pal I mean look at you you're a fucking elephant yeah, so that kind of that kind of ridiculous, <laughs> much ballsy stuff. Um, watch the movie, great film. Um, and then I've chosen to be his uh, Molly Raven, uh, Ruth Negga, who I'm very fond of. I realise she's in another western. She's uh, Tulip O'Hare mm-hmm. in Preacher, but I quite like Ruth Negga. Everyone does. Um, it's a good test of if you're a good person. Um, yeah, if you like was, her, she's swell. She was I even hear. one of the highlights in the bad seasons of Agents of Shield. Was she? Mm. Who's she playing Agents of Shield? Oh gosh, you've gone fierce Irish there. Mm. She played a woman there. She wasn't Irish though. Was, was she from the Boreen? No. She, oh, she was from outside the parish. She was an inhuman. An inhuman? She was a potential inhuman who wanted to ascend, if you were. Oh, to Terrigan herself? Yeah. Terrigen? Terrigen. Terrigen the shit out of herself. Yeah, and then she did, and she turned into a weird porcupine thing. Oh, so it didn't go well for her. Well, then she could see the future. It was weird. No, I feel about that. Anyway, Ruth Mega and Colin Farrell. Uh, then we have a very important character who is Sarah. She's kind of the heart and human true line of the mm-hmm. story. The rest of the characters kind of revolve around this mythology. They dip in and out of this mythology. Uh, Fox is interwoven with the song, and they all belong to this kind of outside human realm. 
and Sarah is very much the human core to all of that again I'm borrowing from another western to cast this one Pandy Newton um, because I think they look remarkably similar they do they're although that's I mean that's just Westworld she'll be playing she'll literally playing exactly the same character the same character like I don't know if her madam character in Westworld was inspired by oh is that what you're saying she, her the story of Sarah mm. is very close to the original story of the, Tandy Newton's even that character you've taken in Westworld where she's in that shed worried about people that's, coming to kill her family her, mm. that's her so I don't know if that was lifted I see what you've done like I, I'm not sure but I've chosen her for that one because Sarah's the true man and very important and finally mm. I have chosen Mr. Charles Dance as our king of death does he speak? he does speak quite a bit does he? he has monologues not Charles Dance monologues uh, no De- the king of death he often has monologues with his the love of his life the love in the tower oh what's your face um, and he often expresses disappointment towards both Ginny and Big Alice mm. oh he uh, does which really grinds Big Alice's ears in a kind of threatening way he, he really looks like Tywin Lannister um, yeah he is represented in several ways death is often represented by monarch butterflies I think monarch is a reference to him being the king of death and mm. um, um, and to everything there is a season because monarchs don't live for that long um, and they are a constant reminder that death is a cycle and not forever which he is refusing mm-hmm. to let go of yeah, get out of here that they don't prosper there is no colour in his realm death resides in a cavern by the way in at the bottom of the world in this particular narrative um, he's really cool could we recast him as a sexy young lady um, if you really want to yeah get us points for the LGBTQ community uh, this story is pretty diverse it is no, it's very diverse but I'm just saying we get extra points we get brownie points there's mostly ladies in it it's mostly ladies strong powerful like yeah. flawed women Going like, being there's no Mary Sue's here there's no straw feminists here what did I see recently that had the worst Mary Sue I've oh I'm reading it have you ever read by Stephen King yeah have you ever read anything by Stephen King I don't read Stephen King everything the bloody whoever the best character is is invariably a writer and it's just like he might as well say and then like Stuttering Bill who's the main character Stuttering Bill was the strongest of us he was the best he was the he was you could tell strong not just physically but emotionally and if Bev was to fall in love with him no one would begrudge her and he might as well just scribble out Stuttering Bill and put me (laughs) (laughs) that's me yeah Um. No, we're alright, keep going. Yeah, okay, so we'll keep going. Um, this this may become a two-parter in some form, <laughs> because uh, we, we have run rapidly out of time. Uh, but anyway, Mick yes. is a wonderful auteur of very in-depth, highly detailed pitches. Excessively detailed. I am more like an amputee artist. I use my teeth and a brush to paint very broad strokes on the canvas that form something. Or an um, elephant. You know when you see elephants painting? Yeah, it's kind of cute. Like I am an elephant. Yeah. I've just got a big old paintbrush in my trunk, and I'm just giving it a go. Yeah, um, I've got the colours right. It's yeah, just everything doesn't else. really understand what he's doing. Yeah, a bit sloppy, but just, the tourists are sloppy. So this is a movie. Um, I'm going to tell you the the movie as I would like to see it. The payoff um, the movie. I don't have it every single beat of the movie. What I have done is I am going to give you a three act arc. Mm-hmm. Um, each arc um, has few themes that we're going to throw around uh, a lot of heavy focus on characterization. we're going to see how we do you like a character so in the comic book all of this story uh, both the fictional song and the um, actual events are narrated by a skeletal bunny mm-hmm. a monarch butterfly right. um, who travel across America at the start of every issue looking at native fauna and uh, what's the one that we call flora flora that's the one thank you also of a butter of America also a butter a butter yeah flora heart <laughs> oh Jesus continue um, the pitch <laughs> so flora if you'd like to sponsor the podcast <laughs> um, yeah so they travel around so I want you to picture just a nice open uh, Arizona sky Okay. okay. Yeah. Very Picture blue. Me. I want you to listen for rustling grass oh, and the flutter you. of wings. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to hear one com- a small conversation. And the small conversation is, uh, it only hurts for a second. Uh-oh. And the next line is, why, bunny? And then the next line is, it should. Okay. That's how we're going to start the story. And then we snap 
straight into a very, very gritty, uh, very true to history Western town. Mm. And there's a man sitting with a hat over his face and he's humming a song. It's Jim West. It's Jim West. <laughs> Boom! Will Smith is in Pretty Deadly. Yes. Wildcard. Um, yeah. So. It is actually the Fowler. Fowler. The Fowler has a hat sitting over his face and he's singing none other than the song of Death Face Ginny. Go on. So, uh, name, put her name on the wind, she'll ride to your aid, blah, 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 blah. So it's the song from the comic book, he's humming that. We cut two wheels trundling into the town. Mm-hmm. There's a girl reading a really, really, really big book and it's the flora and fauna of... How big? Uh, as big as the sky no I'm kidding um, it's like a big encyclopedia thing like okay. a proper encyclopedia Britannica leather bound monster of like a thing a big book and as you, you all you can see are sketches of different animals that you find in America and she's reading this she's devouring this mm-hmm. she has a very unusual garment on her it's a big cloak thing mm-hmm. but it's made out of black feathers right it's actually a vulture cloak a oh. carrion bird cloak which is a signal to her later significance mm-hmm. okay so they wheel into town and Johnny Cody cocks his head so you can see he, there's animal traits coming through he cocks his head to the side and he goes that's my song mm. and he sits up so he bolts up oh she's singing the song and too it's rude. she's humming the song as she goes mm. and he goes that's my song and he comes up he sits up so he's, his attention is now caught the wagon comes right into the middle of the town she snaps the book shut okay and then she stands up and she goes you ready Fox and Fox is Liam Neeson he's all Liam Neeson he goes yeah go ahead and it's very resigned and very blah 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 so she bounces up leaps pulls down a huge banner we see this very big painted banner and she begins to sing now what I didn't tell you is this week I've made a little Spotify playlist oh uh, for for our podcast oh, music um, and it's not majorly significant but to give you an idea of the tone that we want to have to the song I've chosen some rather modern songs okay uh, and this one is based so when we think of the song being sung this is going to give us our backstory uh, to a lot of the events now it'll be broad stroke backstory that'll be filled in later because that's how we tell stories mm. keep audiences interested keep them guessing make, make money uh, so this is where the wild roses glow, grow by Nick Cave and, and Kylie, Kylie Minogue yeah mm, so I wanted, it in that, I wanted it in that tone so this is the song I could have sung this for you This is the actual song now, this isn't me. I know it's hard to tell. Don't know if the speaker's picking that up well. We may have to intercut that one with the actual <laughs> song. Uh, we're going to include a link to the playlist below in the comments. You can hear my pretty deadly three act. Did you make a playlist? There's a song, there's a song for each act. So yeah. there's, there's one for each to kind of give you the tone. Mm-hmm. So uh, all the beats are there. Uh, we get a bit of backstory. Uh, and then uh, Sissy catches a look at a badge. She sees a flash of a badge in the crowd. And she goes, okay, never mind. And she starts to... It's bolt. a lawman. So the thing, it's a lawman, exactly. And they're not exactly a legitimate pair. Uh, so we go along and she begins to gather money in a hat very very quickly and she kind of wraps it all up very quickly but not before a hand grabs her on the forearm mm-hmm. we turn around and we see Farler Farler Johnny Coyote and he goes that's a lovely song you're singing it's very Irish it's very he's like and what's it to you we have a little exchange very heated and he's like oh no just just wanted to pay my respects and he thrusts a coin into her hand she doesn't want anything to do with it she drops the money and wanders along mm-hmm. and Johnny goes off whistling the tune okay so that's act one so we're introduced to all the beats we have our Johnny Coyote we have our Fox we have our dynamics all running around resigned old man enthusiastic loving life sissy and uh, happy-go-lucky snaky uh, Johnny Coyote okay mm-hmm. so moving on from there there are other parts to this story Ginny is introduced a little bit later in the story so we're going to see that she comes through the town uh, hunting Fox after that and then ah. Big Alice tracks down Johnny Coyote after that as well ah. and puts a bullet in his leg oh, no. uh, because what Johnny Coyote has actually done while giving her the money is he slipped what's called the binder mm-hmm. to her and the yeah. binder is a set of kind of won't be the first time <laughs> the father has slipped a woman the binder 
<laughs> That's an old Dublin sex move, in case you didn't know. Slippery uh, binder. <laughs> the slippery binder. Uh, <laughs> the old canal binder. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, that's what he's kind of done. So he's real sneaky. Um, so he slipped to the binder, and that starts the ascendancy. Um, so he's triggered the cycle. Okay. Um, this naturally falls later on there's going to be a very cool scene my phone just went off that's very embarrassing um, there's a very cool scene involving a blind fox shooting uh, out on the prairie there's going to be a whole bunch of that but we're moving straight to act two mm. because um, we don't have enough time. we don't have that much time uh, act two is this is going to go away no we're okay uh, act two is the flood so the flood is a very significant moment where Sissy and Fox are split. Uh oh. So their strong bond is split. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's symbolic in a number of ways because what happens is Sissy and Fox have always gotten on. Mm-hmm. She loves him like a dad, he loves her like a daughter. They don't fight. But recent events, them having to flee Big Alice and Ginny, um, have caused her to question everything. She doesn't understand what's going on. She realises something is very wrong and she suddenly realises that her life is more significant. All this is painted in by Sarah in the midriff. But coming up to this particular moment, uh, all this tension is building up. There's a little bit of pathetic fallacy and a flood is coming to strike. Uh. What's a pathetic fallacy? Pathetic fallacy is where the na- uh, nature or the weather in a play, uh, story, or narrative uh, mimics the emotional tension of a scene. So, for example, the most classic example that everyone learns here in Ireland, King Lear, when he starts and falls into madness, his kingdom becomes a thunder-ridden, uh, lightning... It's uh, called a pathetic fallacy. It's, it's pathetic fallacy. That's what it is. Huh. Pathetic fallacy is where nature or uh, weather mimics the emotional tone of a huh. yeah, so there you go so it's like when I need to give money to poo and then the weather gets all sweaty yeah exactly it's it's like Louisiana yeah. in deep in deep that's summer uh, yeah hotter than July um, so that's how that one works and then uh, so the flood comes and for the flood I have chosen oh, music. Uh, Mark Lanigan's Bleeding Muddy Water which I don't know if you've ever heard no I haven't heard uh, this one but it's very very dark and quite modern I like it so far mm. so you can imagine the, the tide sweeping through pulling everything apart there's lightning there's thunder and um, some other characters have died. Oh no! We'll get that. It's broad strokes. We're not covering that right now. But both are swept in completely different directions. Lindison, he's gone. So, what we have then? Mm. What we have then is I am reworking the story a little bit now. Oh, so yes. when Sissy effect. wakes up. She meets Coyote and Molly, who have tracked her down. Molly, mm-hmm. in the interim, has convinced Coyote to take up his duty again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, she meets Ruth Negga and the Farler. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, Ginny manages to track down Fox. Uh-oh. So we have a lot of tension here. This is a nice midway point. Our characters have fallen apart. New characters have been bound together. And most importantly, we get a big, badass sword-fighting action scene. Okay, now... Earlier in the comic book narrative, what happens is Big Alice actually tracks down Sarah mm-hmm. and does all that. So what I actually changed it to is they've already met Sarah and Ginny or Sissy decides to go back to Sarah's. Okay. And Fox decides to do the same after the flood. So that's how they're going to find each other. So they convince each other to find each other. Mm-hmm. They come back to the house and then Big Alice arrives to the house. Mm. Okay. And that's how it works. And then we have a big fight between Big Alice and Thing. Uh, all the characters... Uh, sorry, Big Alice and, and Deathface Ginny. Sorry. And then what happens is all the characters unite against Big Alice. Oh, because Big Alice. Big Alice doesn't give a fuck. She, she'll kill Sarah. She'll kill Sarah's kids. She'll kill everybody. So she they do care. a team-up. So they have to do a team-up. So it's a bit Avengersy, but it also works well within the scale of this. It's like the end of Power Rangers. Yeah. Exactly. Well... The Zords come later. That's actually Act 3. <laughs> My Western Zords are Act 3. Yes. Um, and then, uh, finally, we move on from there. So that's our nice midway point. We get on to Act 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Act 3, which is uh, the mantle is handed over. Or uh, 
the King of Death takes a, a dirt nap. Oh, um, no. It depends on which way you want to call it. Um, so Death changes hands. Uh, the two of them, this is where it moves from a traditional Western and they go into the realm of the dead. Mm. Um, there's a whole bunch of mythology around what's called the Shield Maiden in the comics. I didn't get that. I've stripped that back because I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. I think it's very arcane. I think it's very, doesn't serve the narrative. This is a love story gone wrong uh, that led to an apocalypse in the West because mm-hmm. uh, that's the way love works um, so uh, we're moving on from there it's just a big confrontation with death uh, Alice has been put down uh, <laughs> yeah in the in the mid arc it's okay reapers don't die they're reincarnated okay. they just turn into they lose their earthly form and they are cast back to the realm of death so Ginny can't die and the king of death she can because she's half human she oh. doesn't get reincarnation powers mm. reapers in their traditional sense are quite uh, magical uh, and they can regenerate their form, but only if the King Death allows it. Okay. He grants them the power to do that. They can't do that automatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ginny can't do that because she's half human. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also the best of the Reapers because she's mm-hmm. half human. Because she's half human. Um, she's real angry. And she can trod between the two worlds easily. Ah. Uh, Reapers have to be granted permission but to she doesn't. cross. And she doesn't. She's allowed ah. to do what she wants, which is why she's so powerful as the Reaper of Vengeance. So it's going to come down, boil down to a really clear scene of death versus uh, the gang and her gang. Yeah, <laughs> the gang takes on death. It's uh, an always sunny in Philadelphia reference in case nobody got that. Um, and what happens there is very, very simple. Uh, they're going to go up against death. Um, I think what a nice way to do this uh, would be I'm going to spoil the end of my movie but it's not the end of the comic so don't worry I've, I've moved away a little bit throughout the the comic he has constant uh, dialogues with the woman in the tower mm-hmm. uh, and I she constantly tries to convince him to come because he always wants her to stay She he won't release her soul into the afterlife death is like a fairy in, in the traditional Greek sense Um and he won't allow this woman to pass on her he's, soul is trapped in the cavern he's real clingy yeah he calls she calls it the blackness at mm-hmm. the back of the cavern where lost souls are kind of Ooh. condemned and she keeps trying to convince him to, he won't let her go mm-hmm. and she keeps saying if you just come with me because your cycle is ending we grand. can be together in the afterlife and he you, says I can't you big dickhead he, and he won't let go I think a nice way to she end loves this him. was he'll be defeated and she she doesn't love him but I think she feels sympathy for him okay I think she feels for him mm. but not not the way he wants her to yeah she doesn't get the she doesn't get the the, the sweats like yeah she doesn't get the right kind that's kind of your area what is working on the whole sympathy thing <laughs> <laughs> okay, just gonna take a, gonna take a, a, a wound, drink, sip of water there. Drink water, ease off a bit. Um, so, um, yeah, um, okay, that hurt. So, sorry, uh, we're gonna move on from there. Um, I think a nice way to do it, she's gonna drag him into the afterlife. He's gonna be a little bit defeated and he's gonna finally concede. And she's just gonna and like, pull him. Sissy is going to take her place to this particular song. Oh, this better be good. It's based on the Far- it's from the Fargo TV series. This is a guy called uh, Shaky Grace, and he did a cover of this. is a very famous song. Uh, it's a blues song, and um, but yeah, again, very modern. So you can imagine him conceding her taking her place. This kind of change. She's very reluctant to take her place because she moves from being uh, a little girl to well, well, a teenager in my incarnation. But she's giving up on life, mm-hmm. and she loves life, which we've established. It's a tragic well, that's very sad. See, no it's very sad in the comic. No one wins. Yeah, no one wins. This is the thing. But that's what the comic tries to teach people: is death is inevitable, and not everybody. It's not a happy time, but it's not supposed to be. Oh. It's just a cycle. So it's interesting. Um, Fox has to say goodbye to his daughter. Um, and, but this all changed. Anyway, so this will be the song. Anyway, 
that would be the song that all this ends to and changes and that will be the end of the film of the pretty deadly film I don't do epilogues I don't do nice neat wrap ups and there is a sequel so I mean as soon as Hollywood pays me for the first one I'll, I'll write the sequel we'll see how it goes um, wait a minute though yes I mean you know uh, things always change in adaptions yes but didn't to go into the realm of death didn't you have to be dead well yeah that's the thing Sarah can't cross she uh. joins the party but she can't cross uh. this is interesting territory for Fox you're giving an awful you're giving an awful lot away for Fox um, only those granted permission by the king of death right. can cross one way or the other right Fox we don't know how well we do but I'm not giving away that spoiler because it will ruin the comic for people Fox um, was granted permission once upon a time and death never revoked it that's why he can cross easily what is it? Coyote is already a mythical figure who's yeah, not so beholden by death they yeah. can cross Molly and King Ginny can cross whenever she wants yeah. we're giving away secrets about Sissy but she, we know she's the ascendant so she can cross and but that's the thing, our priority but the thing happened to her which thing? the thing the main thing the main thing and that she was born in a tide of blood no the mm. other main thing the flood yeah 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 this is terrible <laughs> podcast material <laughs> she won yeah anyway each one of those people has a stake in the realm of the dead which mm. is why they on a stone on <laughs> a stake on a stone because grills weren't a thing in the old west mm. uh, so that's my that's my pitch um, if you'd like to give it our patented one to Saban's Power Rangers rating um I think better than Saban's Power Rangers. Yes! That's all I need to hear. Um, so that's the end of that one. Uh, yeah. Nick, we're miles over time there, guys. Yeah, look, we'll talk about uh, other things next week. Yeah, we'll talk about other things next week. Um, have you read Pretty Deadly? Do you like Pretty Deadly? Do you like independent comics in general? Do you like westerns? Um, Are you asking me those things? No, no. This is, uh, this is our wrap-up. We're people. on the wrap-up. Oh, wrap uh, let us know down below in the podcast. If you have any other death-themed bluegrass or country music, please send it on to me because I'm quite a fan of that genre. Um, my three-part uh, playlist is down below. Any recommendations for the folks at home? Look, read Pretty Deadly. It's yeah, pretty. To use the Dublin vernacular... It's pretty deadly. It's pretty deadly. If you if you're a fan of a sandman, if you're a fan of a of a preacher, preacher. you're gonna like it. Um, it, it. It's it's a good comic book. Yeah. It's it's very enjoyable. It's currently in print and easy to get from your local. Very comic easy book to shop. get. In fact, it's a an image. Uh, volume 1 which means it's only a tenner in most places because mm. Image has a special deal on their first volumes they're nine ninety nine in most places get in so it's even cheap here in a quite expensive double. get in and then go and watch Wild Wild West with Will Smith I, I don't endorse that but given that you've never criticised mine I won't criticise yours uh, that's the end of the podcast ladies and gentlemen bye Read everybody let us know what you think bye thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs>